This is Guerrilla Project Management with Samad Aidan. We bring you engaging and thought-provoking conversations with today's leading project management experts and emerging influencers. I would like to welcome you to this special edition of the Guerrilla Project Management podcast. Today, I have the pleasure to be speaking with a thought leader who I have been following for a while because of his work in bringing Agile to large, complex integration projects. This is a topic that I am very interested in and have been writing about. You can check out the series of blogs on tailoring Agile for the enterprise. Jason Fair, CEO and founding partner of Genesis Consulting, a new company focused on delivering ERP solutions that help clients achieve their business objectives more efficiently and effectively. Jason has been leading the way in developing and delivering lean and agile SAP solutions to his customers. He is working with industry leaders to challenge the traditional ERP waterfall delivery approach to incorporate agile techniques to stimulate and increase productivity of project teams and accelerate the benefits realizations in ERP initiatives. He recently led the delivery of a lean agile SAP implementation to deliver SAP solutions to 25,000 users leveraging agile techniques the team delivered the project ahead of schedule and increased the SAP team's performance by 250%. Jason is a certified SAP consultant, a certified project management professional, and a certified scrum master and a certified public accountant. He is nationally recognized as a thought leader in the Agile community, driving new concepts for a lean, agile SAP implementation approach. Jason is a regular speaker at SAP and SAP user groups, universities, and various industry conferences. Jason, welcome. Thank you, Samad. Well, I'm very happy that you took the time to speak to me. I want to ask you about how you got interested and introduced to Agile. Okay, sure. Um, well, I've been working in the ERP world for almost 18 years now, and I've seen many types of projects and varying levels of success. And one of the things that I have been working through most of my experience is just how long these types of projects and initiatives take, um, the effort that goes into it, as well as the approaches that we've been using to implement these types of ERP projects. And as I started my new company, I really wanted to focus on value that we can bring to customers and how we can increase the time to benefit and decrease the costs. And when we looked at today's economy and some of the challenges that our customers are facing with fixed constraints on resources, on funding, on time, um, and their ability to invest in long-term projects was becoming much, much less prevalent. So we really had to challenge ourselves on how we could go to customers. And we were actually working with one customer that was a, a large life sciences customer and very heavy, um, lean uh, Six Sigma user uh, on their manufacturing shop floor, as well as an extensive SAP user. Um, they've been an SAP customer for eight years. and they had been implementing different SAP applications for many years. And they asked us, you know, is there any way that we can start to take these lean processes that we practice every day in our manufacturing and our quality management and our production environments and start to apply that into our IT world? And um, how can we start to identify ways to eliminate the waste? And how can we look at a pull from demand focus um, to really challenge the way that our IT projects are run. And that's really what sparked the interest to start to think about lean and agile. And coming from an ERP environment where for many years this is the way we've been doing it, I really sat back and said, you know what, there is a lot of wasted effort. And when we look at um, the different levels of activities that we spend on these types of initiatives, there's everything from non-business value-add activities to um, customer value-add activities. And the amount of time that we actually spend on customer value-add activities from a lean perspective in ERP projects is so small. And if we can, we estimate that it's about 5 to 10% of our time is actually spent on building the customer product. And if we can actually just double that to a 20% um, or triple that to a 30%, we see such a significant improvement in our productivity of our teams. And so sitting back and trying to figure out how our company could focus on adding value to our customers 
we looked at lean and we looked at agile as a way for us to take these long waterfall type projects and help our customers address some of those key challenges that they were facing in these types of economic conditions. As you raise awareness about Agile in ARP and enterprise projects, and as you talk to customers, how is the market responding to, to these ideas? Well, you know, it's been funny because um, it's been actually quite overwhelming. And the response has been much greater than we actually anticipated. And so in the beginning where we thought we were just helping a couple customers through some of their specific challenges, we realized as we did more research and we did more networking that um, we really have an opportunity here to challenge the way ERP and SAP projects have been delivered for so many years. Um, we've been had an overwhelming response from the Agile community that there is a need for people to focus on helping companies and organizations start to think more Agile in the way that they approach their ERP initiatives. So for many years, it's been, Agile's been extremely successful in the custom application development world. But when it comes to COTS and ERP type packages, um, it really hasn't been addressed in that space. And so we took it upon ourselves to be felt leaders to continue to press that and really start to work with um, some of the leaders in the Agile space to help us think through some of the key challenges, some of the uh, dependencies, and some of the different considerations to make sure that customers can be successful. And then also just continuing the communications and education um, of how this can work and where the success can be. Um, it's been um, quite amazing, though, because as I've actually become now incorporated into the Agile community, and I actually went to um, the Scrum gathering earlier in the spring this year, and um, as we were out networking and, and, and focused on communicating with you know, different organizations how they can achieve some of these successes, we actually went to uh, an open space event, and I posted three different um, opportunities to discuss um, how ERP can be addressed using Agile. And I was blown away by the, the response. Um, each of the sessions had you know, 20 or 30 people um, interested in discussing some of the different aspects of how can you manage a large-scale ERP initiative using Agile? Because I think a lot of people have been told you can't do it. And I think a lot of people have looked at it and said, this is just too hard. How do I get started? And um, what are some of the things I should really think about when I start to look at this? And so there's a community of, of Agile uh, users out there that know and understand the concepts and the benefits of Agile, but they haven't been able to adopt it in their organization over on the ERP side. And so that's what we're trying to do, is just help communicate with people what those benefits are, as well as how to um, how to start to initiate that type of conversation with their IT leaders. But to answer to your question, it's been a very um, exciting and overwhelming response, which is great. Going back to that first uh, client that you worked with, how did you build trust with them to let you try this new methodology, or new to them at least? Yeah, that's a good question, because a lot of clients that we talk to are very nervous about taking that first step. Um, the first thing that I would say is that you have to have um, client executive management committed to the initiative. Um, we had on our first client that we did this um, an extremely dedicated um, CIO, uh, CTO that were um, focused on making sure that uh, we would be successful. They also were at a point where they did have budget constraints, they did have resource constraints, and they were looking for a new way to deliver their solutions. And so they had a burning platform to really do something different. And when you've got the, the drive and the initiative, as well as the sponsorship, that's a great starting place. With that being said, though, um, we also needed to make sure that we executed a project that we knew we would be able to be successful in. We didn't want to select a project that um, we would have troubles with, or we knew that there was business sponsorship concerns, or we knew that some of the scope of the design was um, too complex to deliver. So we looked at the portfolio of projects, and we did a risk assessment to assume, to assess where we could really look at um, being successful. And so it's extremely important to make sure that um, you select the right project to get started. And I do recommend to customers that you don't have to start with the biggest project, 
start with something small, some, start with something that you can demonstrate and introduce the Agile techniques to your team members because it is going to be a learning experience and start to get the team excited about some of the benefits they're going to realize and some of the productivity gains and um, the ability to actually deliver product in shorter increments of time. Um, and very quickly, a, a buzz will start to generate within your IT group or within your project teams and um, that in itself will become contagious and, and will start to generate goodwill without, throughout the organization. So start small, start with something that you think can be successful and definitely engage um, the right sponsorship level and get the commitment. So that's, that's how we started um, to get, and that's where I would suggest with any customer that they, uh, that they start to uh, get that involvement and to build that trust. Mm -hmm. Were there any skeptics and, and how did you manage to get their buy-in and commitment? Yeah, no, it's funny. I have a couple funny stories about skeptics. Um, you know, in the ERP space and the SAP space where I'm familiar, um, we've been implementing our projects using the same methodology, very traditional waterfall. Um, that methodology has been sold and delivered, you know, for 20 to 30 years now. And that's what people know and that's what people feel comfortable with. And so when you come in with a whole new approach and you come in with a new way of doing uh, business and a new way of doing your projects, there's this shakeup that happens. And you know, we call it this um, first awkward use of Agile. And there's this period of time when after you've gone through your project team training and you've introduced the concepts and we have scrum masters and Agile coaches that are starting to you know, help coach the team through the delivery of the project, there are definitely people who don't uh, want to embrace that. They think there's too much of a change. Uh, they're the naysayers. They are the ones who don't think that you can be successful. But we just have to deal with those folks. And um, one funny story was that after we had trained the team and we had kicked off the project and we were doing our planning um, for our sprints, um, we actually started to bring all the people and co-locate them into the same location. And everybody was used to working in their cubes or in their own offices. And now we have them co-located into a giant conference room. And um, we put everybody, you know, facing each other on these conference room tables and uh, basically had, you know, 10 to 12 different people in this room. And then we came back the next day and everybody on the project team had separated their desks and put them all up against the walls all around the perimeter so they had their own individual workspace. And so when we came back uh, the next morning and as Scrum Master Agile Coach, and we saw that everybody had taken their desks and separated them and put them in all different places all over the the, all over the office, we were just like, wait, no, we're supposed to be co-located. We want to be working together in the same group, in the same space. We need to make sure that we're facilitating open communications. And I know it's awkward, and I know that uh, it's uncomfortable for you, but you'll realize very quickly that the ability to communicate openly with each other, the ability to understand what other people on your team are working on, you're going to realize those benefits much quicker. And so then we had to spend the next half hour rearranging the room again uh, back to the way it originally was. And, um, you know, it's just because there, there were a handful of skeptics in the group that said this is never going to work and I can't work in this environment. So we deal with that. Um, and you just have to manage that and you just have to continue to let them know that you're supportive of what they're doing, but also that there are benefits. And once they start to see the benefits, they start to come around. And I'll tell you, one of the key naysayers or skeptics I had on the project there Four weeks later, once we're into the middle of the project, said, you know what, I'm really understanding the benefits here. What used to take me three or four weeks to get completed, I can now get done within one week. And, you know, he attributed that to the ability to get information more, more quickly, to have direct access to the people that he needed access to, to have um, impediments and obstacles removed within a timely period of time. And um, traditionally, you know, we don't see that in, in our large-scale projects. So once they start to see the benefits, the skeptics start to become um, advocates, which is important. You know, we also had skeptics in the Agile community. You know, Agile traditionally has been done in the uh, custom application development world. And so when we started talking to people about, we really want to start to apply these concepts to ERP packages and SAP and, and some of the large scale type things. And they said, you know, it's going to be really hard for you to be successful there. I don't understand how you'd be able to apply some of these techniques there. And we just accepted that, I think, as a greater challenge and trying to figure out how to make it work. And maybe all Agile techniques don't work in all situations, but um, we have taken upon ourselves to at least educate people that 
there are new techniques, there are other ways to do it that you can accelerate the delivery of your product and you can increase the productivity of your team. So um, how we help those customers apply those techniques is really the mission that we've taken on. And so um, we look forward to going back and continuing to communicate and continuing to work with everybody in the Agile community to let them know that there, there are other ways out there that we can deliver these types of projects. So we're excited about that. Okay. So the first project or the project that you've done recently for one of your clients, could you give us an overview about, about the project itself? Yeah, definitely. Um, so our first project that we decided to do this on, um, they were a, a veteran SAP customer. They had been an, um, an SAP customer for over 10 years. They had implemented a full suite of SAP products, um, uh, full financials, procurement, plan maintenance, uh, human resources and payroll, supply chain. Um, and they were at a point where they were in their production support and they had a portfolio of about, I don't know, 10 to 12 different projects that they were trying to implement. However, due to budget constraints, uh, resource constraints, um, they really were pressed to address, you know, some of the work that they had to get done, but also how do they deal with um, some of the constraints that they had. They're in the middle of one of their projects, and um, they realized that they had a mandatory go-live date that they were not going to meet. They were about six, you know, weeks behind schedule, and when we met them, and they had sent two people to Agile training to get certified as Scrum Masters. And when they got back from that project, they said, "Wait a minute, um, I'm not sure we." know how to actually do this or start this, can you come help us? And through some common um, contacts that we had, we got connected with them and, and came in and helped them. So basically, what we did is we helped them scope out the work, create a product backlog, develop a, a schedule that would provide iterations within two-week periods of time that would and allow them to deliver certain capability uh, to their key stakeholders that kept them on schedule but also delivered the higher value, higher priority items to their customers. I think they very quickly realized that they weren't going to be able to deliver everything that they wanted to, but they had to deliver something in order to be compliant with some of their, um, their external uh, requirements that they had. So that's exactly what we did, is we worked with them. Um, we delivered a um, enterprise portals, um, ESS, MSS, and performance appraisal solution uh, through the SAP platform. Um, and not only did we deliver that with success from a product perspective and a user perspective, but we also came in and finished the project about a week early, and we were also able to track um, our productivity of our team from the beginning of the project all the way through to the end. And we had multiple releases that were included in our scope, and we, had, um, we started tracking productivity using story points, um, and different uh, other types of techniques. And basically from when we started to the time we ended, the team increased their productivity by over 250%. And um, not only was the team pretty charged up, but um, their IT shop was pretty excited about this. And they saw some of the immediate benefits. And now it was a situation where, where do we go from here? What do we do next? And how do we take just this one project and how do we start to expand it throughout the other aspects of our IT and SAP environment? And so this customer now is continuing to take the Agile approach and they are now using that in some of their other SAP initiatives. They have also used it to convert their production support activities uh, by using Agile um, and using that as part of their release management process and strategy. And so um, we actually ended up doing some voice of the customer type surveys to understand you know, where they were from accepting and, and, and liking the new Agile approach. And from a stakeholder perspective, stakeholders were extremely excited. Um, they had demonstrated a, a significant response and acceptance to the new process, and that was really supportive for them to continue to deliver that throughout their enterprise. So it was a great first time that we did that. It was a validation that it can be done. Um, there were definitely some things that we learned and there were definitely some challenges, but I think that's what we have in every project and that's what our role as coaches and as project managers are, is to help our clients and our customers uh, manage that, manage the risk of the program 
but also stay focused on what our clients need um, from a capability of what we're trying to deliver from a product perspective. And as long as we stay focused on that, we can work through some of the challenges. And that's exactly what we did. And it was a, a great validation that Agile can be done um, in an SAP environment. And Jason, where did you get support on Agile as you embarked on this initial effort? Um, you know, it's one of those things where um, a friend of a friend <laughs> ended up um, going out to lunch with us as we were embarking on our new company and, and sharing some of the new things that we were doing. And um, we met up with Lisa Atkins, who is one of um, a well-known Agile coach and mentor. Um, she has um, a great presence in being able to um, help people in the Agile community you know, really start to think through uh, how to apply the techniques and how to really challenge teams to, to be more productive. And so she uh, is local to where we are located here in Virginia. And she's got a tremendous amount of success in working with large enterprise type initiatives and companies. And when we were meeting with her and sharing with her what we were all about from a Genesis perspective and focused on the delivery of our services, our focus on um, risk-based um, value-add type activities for our customers, it really resonated with her when she started sharing with us that she's involved in this whole Agile thing. And we said, well, what's Agile? And she explained how successful she had been in helping uh, companies, you know, really start to introduce value-based um, projects by using these techniques. And so it intrigued us. And she really continued to work with us to challenge how we think about waterfall implementations and how we can work with um, uh, different uh, project teams to think differently about how you can lean out waste and how you can focus on the delivery of product in shorter iterations and shorter chunks of time. Um, and that's really where we attribute some of this um, initially to our support and our mentorship from Lisa. But we've also got several partners that we work with on a regular basis. Um, CC Pace, Gearstream are two that we've been working with. Uh, we're also working with several agile software companies that um, are interested in developing templates uh, for their software around um, how to deliver SAP. And so um, we've gotten a tremendous amount of support from leading experts in the field. And um, it's extremely collaborative. And there's a lot of interest. And I think there's a lot of people asking, um, how can we now take some of these techniques and how can we apply Agile to other aspects of our enterprise, like our ERP or SAP initiatives? Which Agile practices you tried that provided the most benefits to the project? Um, well, you know, when we go into our, our projects, we like to um, apply as many of the Agile techniques as we can. Um, so we like to traditionally start off our planning with um, uh, story mapping and user stories. Uh, it really starts to help our customer understand um, how we want to focus our delivery on very specific uh, product attributes or features or um, different types of capability. And it starts to make them think differently about um, how to plan out their projects. So we definitely use user stories. Um, I think some of the other things that are a little bit different are the roles. Um, traditional SAP um, projects have project managers and they've got you know, business analysts, and they've got um, sponsors, and all these different people. And um, the transition to an agile SAP project is a little bit different. And so we introduced the concepts of product owners, and that we need somebody who can manage the backlog, who can represent the business, who can escalate and manage issues, and remove obstacles quickly for the agile team. Um, and the role of a, a product owner is, is a new concept for them. And so, uh, we, but we do like to use that because it does give us that, that immediate access to the business and the uh, empowerment of making decisions and removing obstacles that's, that is critical to the success of maintaining the velocity of the team. So um, we do use that. Uh, like I mentioned, managing a backlog is a new concept as well. I mean, many of us have worked on these large projects where you're carrying around a 2,000-line WBS Microsoft project plan. And it's very hard for people to put that to the side and now manage to a product backlog. And actually, these are the things that we want to deliver. And so um, we help them get to the point where they can scope it out. They can sequence it and prioritize it. Um, one of the things that is different about an SAP project or an ERP project, because it is a, a COTS software, um, 
the use of dependencies and the identification of dependencies is critical. And so taking the product backlog and applying an additional filter from the, from the perspective of the solution, knowing and understanding the software as it's delivered from the vendor, and understanding all the intricate dependencies um, is extremely important. And that's one of the values I think that we bring is that our vast experience in SAP combined with Agile is where you get to understand and identify where those, those um, intricate pieces of work are going to be because we actually have seen customers that have done their backlog and um, you know, they've prioritized it. But when we look at it, they can't, you can't deliver items 2, 5, 6, and 7 until you do items 10, 14, and 27. So we have to, it's not just based on priority, it's not just based on business value, but it also has a, an additional filter of, of dependencies. And so we have to look at that. Um, you know, when I think about some of the approaches that have been the most beneficial to the clients from an Agile perspective, um, I definitely have to say, you know, the visual project management techniques where you're using your Agile board. Uh, we monitor and measure our metrics in charts that are updated daily that only take minutes to update, but they're very visible. Um, people very quickly are able to identify and track and monitor the progress, um, and it's very visual. And so um, I think that clients really have grasped that, and they like that. Um, one example, actually, from one customer was that the, um, the product owner was going on vacation for a couple of days and took a long weekend. And uh, she was gone Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we had an executive steering committee meeting every Monday. And she came in Monday morning after her leave and basically walked into the room and was able to look at the board, look at the um, tracking charts that we had developed, and within about five to ten minutes um, was able to see what work had been done uh, and completed, what stories were completed, which ones were still in progress, which ones we were behind on, um, where some of the issues were and where that was, which resources were being utilized and which ones weren't. And uh, like I said, about five minutes, took a snapshot on her iPhone and then use that as her status report uh, to the steering committee. And she was able to get all that information in about five to ten minutes. Uh, I'm not sure we would have been able to do that on any other type of normal SAP project. And so um, I love to talk about that example because it's an example where you can use new techniques to get the same information, but we don't have to spend hours and hours and hours filling out status reports to be able to get the information. And so it really challenges ourselves to think differently. But um, the other thing I like about Agile from a, you know, I'm a traditional project manager and one of the things that I've always been challenged with is how do you um, plan your resources and how do you uh, be, how do you communicate your capacity for what you're trying to deliver. And when you look at the techniques from Agile and you look at story points and you look at time boxing um, your deliverables and the things that you're delivering within your iterations, um, it's a very easy conversation to have. And it's also something that becomes repeatable and predictable, which is not something we necessarily track in our other types of projects. And so when we know we have a certain velocity and we know we have a certain um, resource pool and we know what we can deliver within a certain period of time, we very easily can tell our stakeholders this is what we will deliver within this period of time. And um, we don't necessarily have these surprise conversations uh, six months into a project where you're not going to meet certain milestones or you have to you know, push out your integration testing or you have to consider pushing out your go live. Those conversations are had up front, they're negotiated, and they're part of prioritizing your backlog, and they're part of that open and honest conversation. So I like that part of you know, applying some of these agile techniques. Um, and then the other thing, the last thing I'd probably say is the co-location of resources facilitates um, the open communication that we typically see uh, draining a lot of time in projects. And so um, I think in our world that we work in, there's a lot of distributed networks of resources that create additional challenges. But where we can co-locate as much as possible, I think that's important. And I think it just facilitates um, an increased velocity of what we can deliver. So um, anyway, those are, I would say, some of the key benefits that I've seen from applying some of these agile techniques to these traditional projects. 
Were there uh, ag specific agile practices that you found particularly challenging to apply to ERP projects? You know, as I just mentioned, we're talking about you know having resources that are distributed in many different locations, and I think that's you know prevalent in a lot of large organizations that have ERP or SAP, and uh, whether it's off-site or whether it's offshore type resources. That's a very frequent question I get from customers, and it's how do you manage that? And I think we have to be creative in the way that we do that, um, looking at um, time zones and looking at minimizing the delay in what we need from each other to support the work that's going on within a sprint, um, being able to uh, manage the culture and the communications between uh, the different parties is uh, extremely important. Uh, using technology as a way to manage that. So we just have to be creative and we have to manage open communications, but um, it's not necessarily something that's easy. I have found that um, you know, when we are talking to certain customers, we also have the capability to provide um, offshore resources because of the cost um, savings that you can promote there, but we like to do that maybe within the same time zone or, or close proximity of time zones. So we do have agile SAP capabilities from a development perspective in South America through several of our partners. Um, and we can offer those types of services as well. But um, how we can, it's just about mitigating the risks around that communication. But that has definitely been a challenge. Um, I also think another area that uh, we've seen some customers uh, have challenges in is that front end kind of say traditional blueprinting activity that happens. Um, you know, many of these projects have traditionally started off with uh, the ASAP methodology where you do blueprinting, and which is basically taking your requirements and basically defining what the 2D solution will be. You know, there's a lot of time that's spent there in walking through, you know, what should it look like and what will the new solution look like and how should we do this and how should we meet those requirements. Um, and so I think with the Agile approach, there are organizations that have um, a little bit of a difficulty in jump-starting and trying to get as close to delivering a product as soon as possible without having gone through that process. So I have seen a couple organizations actually do the blueprinting and requirements. They may do it in an agile way, but they may deliver that first. And then they'll deliver the prototyping and the execution and the building um, through another release, per se, of agile. So I have seen that happen before because um, you know, they don't want to create a drain on productivity, and so they want to make sure they are focused on a 2D solution. So I have seen that as well. But, um, you know, I think overall, Agile, there's something that everybody can get out of the Agile approach in their uh, projects, and it's just a matter of how you apply them. So, um, yeah, there's definitely challenges. I, I won't uh, say there aren't, but those are some of the ones that I've seen probably the most. What about things like data conversion, interface development, and, and report development? How did you guys apply Agile to these types of deliverables? Another good question, and another question I get asked quite a bit because, um, you know, as you know, there's different types of risks that we have on projects, and uh, development is definitely one of the risks that we typically see. And so, again, it's I really coach, you know, our customers um, on how to mitigate that is really by doing a couple things. One is um, the scoping the work into um, chunks of work that we can deliver within the iteration cycles that we've developed. And so many times people say, oh, well, this is an interface that's going to take six months to develop. Well, you know what? We can break that down into sub-processes or sub-modules so that we can demonstrate our ability to validate certain functionality within the interface. And so challenging our teams to start to think like that is, is hard and it definitely takes time. But um, that's where we start. Also, many times in the development world, we do have distributed teams. And so going back to the challenge around um, you know, using distributed Scrum, how do we get our offshore resources or our other resources to um, be on the same cycle? And so again, constant communication, um, engagement, um, different collaboration tools that can be used. Uh, to be able to facilitate that, and then just managing the expectations with those distributed teams. Um, now, the other thing is from a development perspective is, you know, the, what's the definition of done? And to us in the ERP space, 
done is not necessarily mean it has to be promotable to production. To me, it's about getting it to the QA environment so that we can get it to integration testing. And so if we can focus on an iteration or a sprint to develop the code or to develop the functionality and configuration um, to the point where we can now get it to an integration test, that helps people start to understand that you can break it down into smaller pieces and smaller chunks. And so, um, you know, I like to, to think about our development from that perspective as well. But again, it's just about how you scope it and being able to time box the amount of work that you can get done and managing those expectations um, in the bigger picture. The other part is don't lose sight of the dependencies that it has with each of the components of the stories that it relates to. So many times a development object is separate and it's its own track and its own development. Um, we can't lose sight of that dependency because there are other uh, stories that are out there that are depending on those capabilities. And so uh, maintaining and managing the dependencies is another aspect. How did you guys uh, populate your uh, product backlog initially uh, and have you used uh, the traditional fit gap analysis phase or a blueprinting phase? Many times, you know, when we talk about developing our product backlog, customers have a pretty good idea of what they want. And what I try to do is we, in the traditional waterfall where we kick off a blueprinting phase, it is about, you know, modeling the as-is to the 2B and doing gap fits. And that does take a lot of time. And many times I'd say, you know, 30 to 40% of the work that you create there is never actually even used. Um, and so what we want to do is focus more on the actual product that we're trying to build. And so where we can impose prototyping and other types of activities, we want to get to that as quickly as possible. But it, as far as doing the initial product backlog, what I'd like to do is challenge people to think about, um, you know, use cases or uh, capabilities that they're trying to deliver. And when we do that, we inventory those types of requirements or those types of um, cases, and we say, these are the capabilities we want to deliver. And we use a technique that we've uh, been, been using called story mapping. And that provides you the ability to sequence and prioritize the stories in a way that you can track the dependencies and the relationships that they have. Because when you're talking about ERP, there's a lot of uh, sequential business process transactional type dependencies that we have to track. And so the other thing that's a little bit different is we have to track activities that are really not necessarily about development, but they're about configuration. And so you know, 80 percent of what we deliver is configuration steps and the things that we have to do to configure the COT software to, to do what we need it to do. The other 20 percent might be custom development work. And so tracking all that work together, we've mapped that in a story map, and then we are able to then kind of draw lines around what we believe are the specific releases that we want to drive our sprints to, and then that helps us scope out what we need to do for um, sprint planning. But um, that's traditionally how we start, um, and it's, it's not easy. It's hard, but having an understanding, I think, of the SAP solution is important. And I think just having a good understanding of how to coach team members to start to think a little bit differently about the way that they think about their processes will help us get to that backlog a little bit quicker. Once we get the backlog and we get the release plan and we get um, the first initial sprint planned out, um, then people can start to look at the, continue to look at the backlog and continue to adjust it. And that's one of the great things about Agile is the flexibility it allows us to have in managing the scope in the backlog. Through product demonstrations and through retrospectives, um, on a couple projects I've seen anywhere from up to 15 to 25 percent of the scope ends up getting adjusted. And whether that's 20 percent of the scope is increased, but you've taken out 22 percent of the scope because you're getting that constant feedback from the stakeholders, that's a, it's a great thing. And when you have the shorter iterations or sprints, you know, 30 days or less, you now have your stakeholder coming back and saying, this is, wow, this is great. I see the benefit of this. I now understand what you're talking about. I now understand what this functionality is going to do. Therefore, you no longer have to think about those other 10 requirements that we talked about because all you need to do is maybe change this and this, and I think we've got it. Because many times when customers are defining their requirements, they only know what they know. They don't know what the 2B solution actually is going to look like. They don't understand how ERP is going to deliver their functionality. 
they know what they know from their legacy environments and their legacy systems. And so when you have the ability to prototype it, demonstrate it, and show it to them in shorter periods of time, that feedback becomes critical in managing your backlog. And so that's why it's great to be able to continue to update the backlog and continue to adjust your scope uh, to what your customer actually needs to be delivered. I think those are you know, some of the things that we've been able to see, and, and we, we address it just a little bit differently um, you know, using this approach. So for project managers who want to embark on implementing Agile in their ERP projects, from a change management perspective, what tactics have you found to be especially helpful uh, when introducing Agile to ERP projects or other uh, complex projects? And what are some of the surprises that you have found? You know, it's a great question because many times we are contacted by people who are interested in this. And one of the things that we have been doing is we've been networking with, I don't know, maybe 20 different companies and organizations that have successfully delivered um, agile projects in their SAP environments. And we've been able to collaborate with them to develop different lessons learned on what worked well and what didn't work well. And so the fact that you've just touched on change management, I think, is an interesting um, question because that is, I think, a significant part of what makes these projects successful. And how you go about addressing this with the team and how you go to initiate the project is extremely important. And so I always advise um, my customers or the people I'm talking to that you need to make sure that we, as I mentioned earlier, have the executive sponsorship and buy-in. Um, it's extremely important, and we need for that to you know, go throughout the entire team because this is going to be a change and people are going to respond to this in a different way. Um, people are used to implementing it using ASAP or Waterfall, and so we have to address this in a couple different ways. One, I think, is you need to initiate the right levels of training. I think your executive team needs to be trained on what Agile means and what their role is, because as I mentioned earlier, everybody's role is going to be different, and the expectations that we have of people are going to be different. And when we need something, we need them to be responsive and we need them to be supportive. And so in order for this thing to take off and for it to be successful, this is the commitment we need from the executive team. I think product owners need to be trained on what their roles are. I think the project team needs to be trained on what their role is going to be because obviously their daily lives are going to change. And so the way that we're going to manage the project is different. So let's take a comprehensive view at training at multiple levels throughout the organization make sure people understand um, how this is going to work. Um, I would also advise customers, don't necessarily try to do this on your own. Have somebody who's done this before um, approach this and work with you. Um, it's the value that you're going to get out of that is significant based on the lessons learned and based on um, some of the um, techniques and being able to apply them correctly. Also making sure somebody who knows and understands the SAP solution and the Agile component is important. but um, what we want to do is make sure that as you introduce this, you've also, as I mentioned earlier again, selected a, a project that we believe is a good pilot or a good proof of concept. Um, a lot of organizations have large competency centers or they've got large teams of people that are focused and dedicated into their ERP initiatives. And what we want to do is establish some level of success. And once we establish that, uh, we can then start to grow from there. So I usually advise customers to, to pick a good pilot project who has a good sponsor, who has a team um, that we know are, are dedicated resources that will be committed to the success of the project. And so as we look at all those different aspects of this from a change management perspective, you're going to start to develop an internal um, morale booster where you're going to start to see the energy levels of the team start to increase. You're going to start to see excitement. You're going to start to see other people who aren't involved, interested, and intrigued, and wanting to know more. What's that team over there doing? Why are they getting all this attention? And sure enough, you know, the momentum starts to pick up, and you have the ability then to start to build organically from within the commitment and excitement about Agile. And so we've seen it in multiple customers, um, and um, you know, that's based on Again, a lot of the lessons learned that we've, we've been able to gather from talking to many different people who have done this. Jason, that is a great advice. Any final thoughts for organizations embarking on applying Agile for their ERP projects? 
yeah, I mean, what I can say is I think, you know, when we think about lean and we think about agile, which is really lean in the IT space, there's definitely value and benefits that any customer can drive, derive from applying those techniques. And so when we look at all of the effort that we've traditionally spent in some of these areas, um, just taking these techniques and approaches and trying to focus on uh, reducing non-value-add time um, and focus on increasing customer value-add time in the tasks and activities. You know, many people say that Agile is not necessarily about the final destination or the go-live, but it's about the journey. And what that means is we want to get our team to start to challenge themselves to think differently. We want to challenge them to ask themselves, why am I doing this? Is this adding you know, to the end product that I'm trying to deliver? And where's the value from this time that I'm spending on doing this? You know, why do we do some of the documentation? Why do we do some of the status reporting? Why do we um, accept the delay in information? And how can we change that and improve that? And really focus on increasing customer productivity. And if we are able to look at ourselves and be able to say, yes, we can do this, you know, Agile is a great way for us to facilitate that in delivering these projects. And so as customers are thinking about this, they'll look back and they'll say, yeah, you know what, we, there are areas for opportunity of improvement here. And there are ways that we can motivate our teams to be more productive. And um, applying Agile techniques, I think, is a, is a great way for us to be able to do that. But um, I think also, you know, we've done several customer surveys of customers that have actually successfully done this. And at the end of the day, um, I think 80% of the people that we surveyed in certain customers say the quality of the product increased by applying this, these techniques. And so when the quality of the product is increasing, the morale of your team is increasing. You're increasing productivity of your team by generating work at over 200 to 300%. That's significant savings. Take that savings and turn that into accelerating benefits and the cash benefit that you can actually start to realize within a fiscal year and apply those additional savings to additional resources or additional projects, being able to get that amount of work done with the same fixed resources that you have, that right there is what's going to be able to you know, accelerate your, your benefits and you'll be able to see the value. And so we typically also help our customers understand that if you realize some of these benefits, you know, you'll be able to manage your portfolio of projects and portfolio of requirements um, in a much more value-based way rather than how we traditionally have looked at it in the past. So I, you know, I challenge everybody to look at their, um, look what they have in front of them, look what's on their plate, and see where they can start to apply these techniques to, to realize that value. What projects are you working on these days? You know, we've got a couple different things that we're working on. Um, we continue to work with various customers. We've got um, several um, customers in the consumer products and retail um, areas that are traditional SAP customers that we are helping them develop um, a new Agile approach and Agile project framework. So that's exciting for us. We also just recently um, won a contract with a large government um, agency to start to adopt um, Lean and Agile into their SAP environments. So both in the public sector and commercial spaces are starting to adopt these types of approaches, which is exciting for us. Um, we're also you know, working with SAP directly. As a uh, software provider, they have traditionally delivered their, their software through a methodology called ASAP, Accelerated SAP, and we are work collaborating with them to develop an agile um, template for them to incorporate into their ASAP methodology. So um, software themselves are starting to recognize the increased demand or, or inquiries in the market and you know, the customer space and trying to address that. And so we're working with them as thought leaders in developing that template. And at the same time, we're also working on the Agile side with some of the Agile software companies in trying to, to build out SAP templates. So they're seeing increased inquiries and demand from customers who are also SAP customers, and how can we start to adapt these techniques on the SAP side of their IT shop? So it's exciting that we're seeing the demand increase from both you know, the Agile community and the SAP community, and we're kind of in the middle. 
helping facilitate that. So that's exciting for us. So we've got um, lots of great things going on. We're excited about the demand and we're excited about the buzz that's generating. So we've got lots going on. And uh, what is next for you, Jason? You know, I just, I love doing these kinds of things, Samad. I love to um, educate people. I love to share our experiences um, with folks. Um, I think that there's still a lot of work to be done. I think that um, the benefits of Lean and Agile from an ERP perspective are, are huge and that there's a great opportunity. So um, we're excited about that. We're continuing to work internally um, on building you know, some internal tools and techniques to be able to accelerate the delivery of this. But at the end of the day, we just are dedicated to making sure our customers are successful. And so we want to make sure that we continue to focus on that, that our, our projects are successful, our customers are happy um, with what they're doing, um, but also just continuing to talk to people and connect with people and uh, share all the lessons learned that we've been able to gather um, so that other people can start to experience these benefits as well. So um, we're excited. And where can people find out more about you and contact you? Yes, we are, um, you can reach us on our website at www.genesisconsulting.com. We are also active on Twitter, and um, our Twitter is Genesis SAP. And we also have Facebook and LinkedIn accounts. And we, uh, if you go to our webpage, you can also subscribe to our blog. And um, we will start, we're starting to increase our blog activity. And so you'll start to see um, more postings out there and more content. We're also about ready to launch a video blog campaign where I will be um, discussing different um, lessons learned and different approaches and different techniques from an Agile SAP perspective. Um, and you'll be able to see uh, firsthand some of the things that we've been able to do and demonstrate through our video blogs. So lots of different ways to connect with us. We'd love to hear from people and we'd love to share our story with, um, with whoever's interested in hearing about it. So um, feel free to connect with us. Great. I know for sure that I will be looking forward to watching the videos and continue to go back to the blog and read about what's coming out from your company and your project. Thanks, Samad. I really appreciate this. Well, Jason, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about your insights on Agile in large enterprise integration projects. I look forward to you coming back and talking to us some more about all the exciting and interesting projects you are working on. I also look forward to reading your future blog posts and to having future conversations with you again. Great. Thanks, Ahmad. I appreciate the time. And I highly recommend to all of our listeners to read more insights from Jason's website. We will have links in the show notes, uh, genesisconsulting.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at genesissap. We would love to hear your thoughts on these topics. Visit us at www.guerrillaprojectmanagement.com to voice your opinion. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this edition of the Guerrilla Project Management Podcast. You've been listening to Guerrilla Project Management. You can hear more Guerrilla Project Management podcasts on iTunes and read more at guerrillaprojectmanagement.com.